Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio, where we'll talk about news, education, and opportunities for small businesses on the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street and in Washington, D.C. I'm Michelle Yancey. And I'm Kyle Todd. Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Good morning, and welcome back to another episode of Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Kyle. You are looking fresh and and not summer sweat like. Not that you ever do. Okay, but I was <laughs> no, thinking, no, no, where no. is this going? I'm, I'm alluding to the beautiful weather outside. Uh, yes, it is beautiful. The, fact that the temperature is nice. Yes, it is beautiful and. We're not sweating. Yes. Uh, hey, hey, back to Rodney on the board back there. Hey, Welcome Rodney. back, Mr. Rodney. Um, so, uh, as always, we want to start off by thanking our sponsors, the Department of Small and Local Business Development and the Department of Housing and Community Development. It is their grant dollars that allows us to produce shows like this and to provide all of the small business training and education and um, facade improvement grants that we offer to our businesses on the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street Corridor. So thanks to DSLBD and DHCD. Um, September 9th is the last day, September 9th at 2 p.m., is the last day to apply for the Trash Compactor Grants for small businesses. Um, I know everybody heard the episode. Yeah, that uh, was a great episode. Very informative. Uh, So if your small business is interested in one of those Trash Compactors, um, visit CNHED, uh, that stands for Community Nonprofit. Coalition, excuse me, Coalition for Nonprofit Housing and Economic Development, CNHED.org, um, and they can help you with that application. Great Streets Grants applications are also due by September 9th. Um, those are great uh, programs uh, that you can use to improve the interior of your building, the exterior of your building, maybe some capital purchases like big coolers or new furniture or something like that. Anyway, check that out at uh, uh, just look for Great Streets DC on the interwebs, and that'll take you to the Dimped website, Dimped D M P E D dot D C dot G O V. And Fall Fest coming up September thirtieth. We are chock full of vendors. Uh, we have a full slate of um, of great businesses and services that will be vending at Fall Fest on September thirtieth, Saturday, September thirtieth, from ten a.m. to four p.m. Um, the weather is going to be perfect. I just know it I is. I was just about to say that. Absolutely. we are owed. We are owed good weather. Yes. Um, so we're really excited about that. In fact, um, one of our, uh, one of our Fall Fest vendors will be joining us, um, to talk later on this episode. So oh, that's exciting. A little that. teaser. But first, but first, um, now see, I've already forgotten the little catchphrase we were going to use here. Um, uh, just when you think you know everything about Ward 5, then there is the news. news. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> We're looking for a Morse code uh, sound yes. to play over that now. Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, it's time to welcome neighbor Aaron Denu with the news. What do you got for us today, Aaron? Thanks so much, Kyle and Michelle. I really appreciate being here. I'm Aaron Denu, and uh, this is the news. So today we're talking American film right here based in the neighborhood. So where we sit, right across the street from Public Option here in the studio this morning, about two miles down Rhode Island Avenue, 68 years ago in 1949, a young 14-year-old boy begins to hear scratching noises underneath his bed. This would, yeah, this would escalate with a number of publicized bizarre events which are traced in the Washington Post in 1949. 
and certainly would conclude in an exorcism. Oh, gosh. I was not expecting it to go there. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it's true. The real story of the exorcism was based right here um, in our neighborhood. The movie The Exorcist? Yes, absolutely. It ended up being a best-selling book by William Peter Blatty and eventually a best-selling or an Academy Award-winning film by William Friedkin, which was released on December 26, 1973. So a couple things. On August 31st, just recently in Venice at the oldest film festival in the world, a new film came out by the director of The Exorcist, William Friedkin, this amazing guy. And it's a documentary. It's a 68-minute documentary that retraces some of this original story that really inspired the film. And so I'd encourage everyone to take a look at that. And another little piece um, from right here where we sit in this studio, uh, across the street from Public Option, essentially, about 400 feet away from where we're sitting right now, uh, a journalist named Mark Pasnick is credited for noting that the, the original church of that boy still stands today, and it sits right next to us. And it's noted in the 1949 parapsychology bulletin, bulletin number 14, actually, that a poltergeist occurred at this particular church. And yes, this was the church that the boy attended, and this church, which is about 400 feet from where we sit today, was the very first place that this young boy uh, was witnessed by the boy's pastor, um, seeing unexplained events that happened right there. And um, that's the news. Wow. That means we need to start looking out for poltergeist right down the street, it sounds like. Yeah. Wait, is the church still standing? It, That's what he said. It yeah. still is. It's still standing. So wow. Are we going to talk about what it is? Well, we can. Um, <clears throat> the, the address that's mentioned in several different documents is 1611 Brentwood Road. And so wow. there is currently a church that sits there today. At the time, in 1949, it was a Lutheran church. And this was actually the boys' church that he attended. It was his family church. And it wasn't until uh, the boy's pastor uh, witnessed some of these unexplained events that he eventually referred it on to a Catholic priest, and then the Vatican got involved, essentially. And this story is largely fictionalized in the movie The Exorcist, but the real story that that is based on is uh, happened right here, right wow. across the street from where we're sitting. So my dun-dun-dun. Boy, that was accurate. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> all right. All right. Well, thanks, thanks, Aaron. Thanks for coming in with that. Thank uh, so thanks much. for scaring us. Thank you. A little pre-Halloween activity. <laughs> yes. All right. Thank thanks you. a lot. Thank you. Thanks. Good morning. Today we're joined by Amanda Blythe from Dance Place, which is located on 8th Street, or also known as Dance Place in Brooklyn. Welcome, Amanda. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us today. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about Dance Place? Absolutely. Dance Place is a performing arts center in Brooklyn Edgewood. We really straddle that line between the two neighborhoods, and we uh, are definitely repping both at all times. Um, we offer performances, adult classes, kids' classes, and we also have a really u- robust youth program. Um, so we have after-school classes for children, about 20 children every day who come for sort of a daycare. And then we also have our junior staff program for older teens to get life skills and job training. And then we also have our really amazing summer camp, which just ended, um, where we have about 80 kids on site every day for six weeks. Wow. Wow. So let's talk a little bit about the after school program, uh, Mm. because I know you all have offered this 
for many, many years. And is it the same dance place that has been going on for over 20 years, same people? Yeah, we have been in Brooklyn for just about 31 years wow. now. Okay. <laughs> um, so, and it's the same. We look very different now very than different. we used to. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, in 2014, we had a renovation, but it's still the same dance place, still the same staff, all the same people. Um, we are actually so excited this very day to welcome Christopher K. Morgan, who is our new executive artistic director. After uh, 35 years of leading the organization, Carla Perlo and Deborah Riley retired literally yesterday. Wow. <laughs> so we have been just so enjoying them imparting their knowledge onto us. And Christopher, I think, is going to be absolutely beautiful in this new role. That's terrific. So do kids come there after school via their parents or a bus? How does that program work. Yeah, it's a real variety. We actually have a kid taking an Uber now, which uh, I well, think yes, that's is great, very brave. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> but a lot of the kids come from the three charter schools, which are just down the street. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a whole gaggle of them. And then every day at about 3.30, our youth staff go down the street and pick them up in person, um, which is just another uh, like example of how we really feel that like that personal touch in the community makes a big difference. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what's the age range? For for the those. CEC, the after school program, they uh, usually age between five and twelve is mm-hmm. when they start to age out of that program. Okay. Obviously, that's a pretty wide range, right. and it makes it hard to build a curriculum for them. But then we can move them into our junior staff program where they start to learn more things like resume writing and how do you do a job interview, how do you apply to college. Um, So we really move people through the whole pipeline. You know, we have them when we're young, then we're moving them and getting them into college. And then a lot of times they come back and are interns for us as well. That's terrific. And it sounds like it's a lot more um, than just dancing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, dance is really sort of the foundation and the reason that we have all galvanized around this place and this location. But I feel like the youth are really the heart of Dance Place. Um, And because we are able to give the youth a way to express themselves, a way to really think critically about the world that they're living in, I think that that arts education is really valuable for them and um, isn't so much supplemental to what they're doing in school, but is really necessary and important to their education. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So is this a five day a week program? Yep. Every day. All right. And it's from 3.30 to? 3.30 to, it should be 6.30, but a lot of times the parents are a little late. So, Uh you know. That's not good parents. Get it together. Get it together. All right. 3.30 to 6.30. And that's the children's after school program. So you mentioned uh, something for the tweens to teenagers. What kind of program is that? The junior staff program is um, for teens ages about 13 to 17. So it's really for your older high school students. Um, They come in three days a week, one day for a meeting where they all meet together. Sometimes they get presentations from Planned Parenthood or from other job career sites. We often partner with a lot of local organizations to bring them programming. Then one day a week they have a work shift, so they actually work in the office at Dance Place and help us with administrative tasks. They're helping us with facility maintenance. They're helping us to really do our jobs, and actually they're very necessary. And then 
the third day a week, they do an art elective so that they have a choice of art electives they can take. Um, Hip-hop producing, we do audio classes, we do dance classes, of course. Um, and then uh, that, so they're able to get that arts education also. And then uh, you mentioned that you have adult classes, and I guess that just kind of goes on through the week. Yeah, we have them every night of the week. We pretty much are always on from 10 in the morning to 10 at night. Um, So we have adult classes in salsa, African, hip-hop, modern, and jazz currently. You're very quiet over there. Um, (laughs) When are we going to, like, take a dance lesson? When do you come to class? Yes, when are you coming to class? Really, nobody needs to see that. (laughs) No, I I think we need to. Everyone uh, needs to see that. (laughs) I think this may need to be on video. Uh, Yes. My my wife and I took swing dancing lessons for... um, She and I talked about this at length. uh, uh, Yes, we did. Uh, I'm so embarrassed. Anyway, it was it was... The video is... No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a challenge. Yeah. It's a challenge. All right, all right. Well, that's good to know that you all have adult classes. Um, and do you all offer individual training? We do not as of yet. Okay. Um, we definitely are very community-based, so we feel that the most amount of people that we can help at any one time is going to be the best for us. However, we do have uh, seven resident companies, which are in a variety of genres, but are freely uh, funded and running dance companies that are housed at Dance Place. Um, they And they're just professional dance companies. So I, I know they do a lot of private events and private gigs. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that sounds good. And do you offer classes for people of all dance levels? Like... Definitely. Kyle. Like Kyle. Like Kyle. <laughs> Do you um, offer classes for Kyle? Yes. <laughs> Not beginners, but for Kyle. <laughs> we absolutely do, Kyle. Don't you worry. That, that's, that's called the remedial remedial. <laughs> remedial remedial. Remedial remedial yeah. dance lessons. Yeah. Um, we have um, – we all of our advanced classes for professional and pre-professional dancers are pretty much during the day. Okay. Um, because a lot of times those Because that's what they do. Right. right. That's their life. Um, I wouldn't know anything about it but (laughs) and then uh the evening classes tend to be a little more of a of a more beginners level um so we have a lot of beginners classes but then also we have so many people who've been coming for so many years that we do have a lot of more intermediate levels for people who've sort of just like priced out of their (laughs) their uh ability to do the same beginning class you you cannot take the same beginning class indefinitely some some of those ladies are good Damn. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they, they just need to move on up, yes, right? They, right. Need, they need a challenge. <laughs> well, and um, dance is not the only thing that goes on on that campus there. I mean, you have this beautiful park that, that has been developed. Yeah. So you have activities out there. You have the the affordable lofts uh, for artists in yeah. that area. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk about those programs as well. Yeah, part of our Let's store... off the dance topic, All right, Michelle. all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. definitely. Part of our story is that we started in Adams Morgan, actually. Um, we rented this loft in Adams Morgan in 1983. Um, and... When the neighborhood started to change, we overnight, our rent was quadrupled and we were forced out of our home. So over the course of a month, Carla actually bought this 
uh, garage in Brooklyn. And ever since, we have really been very passionate about our sense of place, if you will. <laughs> that's great that she bought it. Yeah, she no. She had the foresight to buy it. She's a yeah. mogul. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so now we feel like not only do we have that ability to really just be in the neighborhood forever, you know, no one's pricing us out ever again. <laughs> right. Um, but it also means that we are really an anchor for that neighborhood and we can start to develop out. We can start to create community programs that anyone can come to, even if they're not a dancer. So one of our programs is the Art on 8th free community programming. And this is dance, but also free music down on the Munner Street Market Arts Walk, which is that big, beautiful building down by the Metro. We also are having it on our newly constructed arts park, um, which is just outside of our building. It used to be just like an alleyway that the kids would like play on the asphalt. And we were like, we got to do something with this. Uh, so we have completely redeveloped it. We commissioned a bunch of local artists to create um some freestanding structures so that it just feels like a little more lively, is a little more inviting. Um, and we've had a lot of great success with it. Oh, it's it's a great space. Have I, you been? Yes, I have. Oh, it's good. Not great. to dance, though. Not, Not to, to dance. dance, never. But he's been. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds good. With the artists there, I'm sure that has changed how the program works, just having access to different types of art. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Earlier on in our history, we were pretty instrumental in the Brooklyn Art Space Lofts, which is our neighbor, uh, getting that plot of land. Mm -hmm. um, we had some connections that we were able to help them purchase that plot and build that uh, beautiful structure next to our uh our theater and there are about 31 artist uh, units in there they're live work spaces and they're really beautiful they really are uh so it's been really amazing to have these sort of independent artists working and living right next to us because they're really able to bring their expertise Absolutely. to our programming and we're able to really give them um additional gigs and resources that just come from being a presenter right so we were talking about dance place being more than dance. I understand that you all also uh, rent your space. We do. Yeah, increasingly, um, there are just, as DC becomes more developed, mm -hmm. um, we are just losing out of space. And one thing that's unique about dance as an art form is that you really need space to do it. You know, you can do a play reading in a closet if you have to, but to create new dances and to move the field forward you really need space to do that in and you need affordable space so we're really proud to say that we've been able to keep our prices for our studios very low um, and we rent both the theater as well as the studio above our theater and also in the Brooklyn Art Space lofts we also manage the renting of the Edgewood Art Center which mm -hmm. is a big glass building on the corner of 8th and Monroe um, so we have really been trying to sort of like just to give other art forms lots of opportunity as well as to bring some of that wealth back into D.C. dance. Definitely. And it's nice that it's right in the neighborhood. Definitely. And you won't have a lot of performances, too. Lord, do we. Yes. <laughs> we have about 40. OK, so we have 45 uh, 
weekends of performance this year, um, 90 individual nights of performance, um, which as you'll recall, there's only 52 weeks in a year. So we're really doing the whole thing. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, But we are just, the performance series is really unlike anything else in DC. And really, as far as we can tell anything else in the nation, it's a very robust schedule full of modern dance, of African dance forms. We have a very strong African dance program. We're also continuing to develop our investment in Southeast Asian styles like Bharatanatyam and Thai dance, um, as well as hip hop and some other forms that uh, are really integral to our community. Um, One of our resident companies, DC Casaneros, does salsa dance based out of Cuba. So there's really a lot of variety, and that's really our calling card is to bring as much dance to DC as possible. Well, that sounds pretty exciting. It's, we try. <laughs> so, and you guys are going to be at Fall Fest this year. We are, and we're really excited about. I'm actually going to be at Fall Fest. Oh, so, excellent. yeah, excellent. Well, <laughs> so people can find more out about dance plays. Absolutely. I do want to talk for a minute, though. I know you all have an upcoming family day. We do. So tell us about the family day and the events that go along with that. Yeah, definitely Dance Place offers a lot of programming, almost to the point where it can be a little overwhelming. So family day is a really good opportunity to sort of just get a sampler and sort of figure out where you fit in. in Because they have free dance classes, Kyle. But no, they they do have free dance classes. So (laughs) tell our listeners when that is going to happen. So that'll be September 9th. It'll be all day and we are having free children's classes and free outdoor performances. We'll also be having adult classes. They are not free this year, but um, because we're really trying to focus on uh, galvanizing the families in our community. Okay. All right. And do you all offer scholarships? We certainly do. Yes. We offer scholarships and payment plans and it's all need-based. So if anyone does have questions about that, you can feel free to just call and we'd be happy to set it up. All right. And what kind of volunteers do you all need? Because I know that you all often, uh, a place like this would thrive with volunteers. Yeah, definitely. We have a lot of big events that we put out calling like big cattle calls, just please come help us. Um, But if you ever want to see a show, you can usher at any show and see it for free. Um, We have a very uh, loyal volunteer following that um, really relies on those free tickets to see some of the stuff that's happening in our theater. And Lord knows we can use the help. So (laughs) that sounds exciting. So the 9th of September is Family Day, yes. and we will see you at Fall Fest mm-hmm. yes, we on will. September we, 30th. We've actually got um, a special little booth space lined up for you, so you've got a little room on the side there in case you guys want to do some To demos. break out and to dance. Ooh, we'll have to put something together. That sounds we, exciting. We can, we can talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you get the most use out of your space possible. There's always time for an electric slide. Oh, anything always. I've learned. Uh, always. <laughs> always, 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 always. So if our listeners want to find out more about Dance Place, where should they look? They can go to our website at danceplace.org or they can follow us on our social media platforms. We are at Dance Place DC on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, tweet at us. I'd love to talk to you. That sounds good. So Dance Place is located at 3225 8th Street Northeast in Brooklyn slash Edgewood. We don't want to forget about them. Never. And that's only three blocks from the Brooklyn Metro Station. So thanks again, Amanda, for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much. I'm always happy to. All right. Well, um, I, before we get to our next guest, I have to uh, share this little bit of news, um, mainly because Michelle's making me because <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm shy about I, these things. Yes, uh, I think, I mean, it's good. 
We should share. So uh, Rhode Island Avenue Radio got included um, on a list of 10 podcasts in D.C. Um, and I'm just so excited about that. I just got an email out of the blue from uh, Colleen Schaefer at, um, at uh, a group called uh, 730 D.C. They uh, talk all about community involvement in D.C. and basically stoking uh, excitement for people getting involved in their communities in D.C. And uh, she said, hey, um, I included you guys in a list of D.C.-based podcasts. Yes, and, good uh, D.C.-based podcasts. Yeah. So um, very exciting. We're so happy to be included in that great. list. Thank you so much, 730 D.C., and thank you, Colleen, for uh, writing up the article and including us. So um, if you haven't already uh, started following us on um, iTunes, I'm um, listening to the podcast. You can subscribe over on iTunes. Uh, just search out RIA Radio. Uh, you can follow RIA Radio on um, Twitter and Facebook. And, um, you know, give us feedback on what you like about the episodes and what you want to hear more of. And uh, we, we promise we'll listen and take your, take your suggestions under consideration. Absolutely. But, uh, but thanks for the shout out, Colleen and, and 730 DC. Okay, so uh, normally this is the time where we would hear from Casey over at Good Food Markets, but we have a special treat today. We have Philip Sambol from Good Food Markets actually here in the studio with us. Welcome, yes. Philip. Hi, Kyle and Michelle. Hi, welcome back. We haven't Thanks. had you here in a couple years. Yeah, and I since Casey's been on the radio, I can't even reach her anymore. Uh, she doesn't take she's, my calls. Well, she's just too busy. She's a star now. She's the you know. Yeah. She's a regular feature on the. the RIA Radio. It could, it could have been you, Philip. Yeah. I but know. No, but no, I you tried. stepped away from the spotlight. No, no, no. You gave me plenty of opportunities. <laughs> and did. I didn't capitalize. Well. That's, that's on me. <laughs> well, we'll... we'll We'll, we'll let you back in the studio today. So, as a matter of fact, Thank we you. did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> so, um, first things first. Uh, you going to give us a quick market report before we dive into the other big topic? I'm going to do uh, what I'm going to do as best a job as I can of being Casey. We know you're not Casey. Um, I'm not going to do any impressions or anything. Um, but we do have some exciting things in the store this week. Great. Um, first down the pike are the first apples uh, from the region. These are summer Rambos. Um, which are actually was some of the first apples ever grown uh, in the United States. And um, they're tart, uh, very firm, great for juicing, great for cider, great for eating out of hand. Um, and those are in the store now at 149 a pound, as well as fresh arugula, which everyone knows and loves, mm -hmm. a little spice to your salad. Um, and uh, local green beans coming through now, too. Seen a lot of the squashes, all that sort of stuff coming through from Maryland and Pennsylvania. Um, so look out for those. And uh, we're changing our hours. We're going to start opening up early. Starting Labor Day, we'll be open 9 to 9, Monday through Friday. Nice. Um, and keeping the 8 a.m. to 9, 9 p.m. Uh, on the weekends. Wow. Excellent. That's great news. Yeah, that's great it's exciting. Um, so those, that's the exciting stuff from down the street at Rhode Island Avenue. Uh, 2006 Rhode Island Avenue, that is. Um, Good Food DC at Twitter and Good Food Market on Instagram um, if you want to see what's going on in the store. Um, but just up the road in Ivy City, we're also working um, at Union Kitchen um, on a senior delivery program. Uh, this is serving um, homebound and um, uh, low-income seniors in Ward 7 and 8. Um, we're delivering meals every day. Uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, seven days a week, including Labor Day. Nice. Wow. Um, and uh, it's been going really good. We're about two months in, 
and uh, I'm starting to add more people to the program, and it's just been really exciting. Very cool. I, uh, what what prompted you to do this? Well, the the DC Office on Aging, who who makes sure that um, all seniors in the district have transportation, um, housing, food, um, and other medical services um, that they require. Um, has had trouble finding uh, vendors that can deliver um, consistently uh, high-quality fresh meals um, on basically a daily basis. We deliver six days a week. Um, we're producing uh, six days a week in the kitchen uh, to make sure that those that food is always fresh and healthy. Um, and, you know, there are a number of great organizations uh, like Food and Friends, for example, um, who have been doing this for a long time. Um, but there's more need than there is than there are uh, vendors who can fill that need. So the DCOA was looking for new organizations that could fill the gap, that they could sort of help to get up to speed to be able to serve um, uh, 360 uh, seniors, which is a, a full um, uh, sort of contract with them. So this is just a trial, a pilot. Um, that we're running, um, but we were able to bring together this really unique set of uh, partners uh, to make it possible. Um, obviously, uh, you know the district uh, is spending our taxpayer dollars and trying to do it well. So, making sure that um, we were delivering the most value to them is kind of first and foremost, right? And in order to do that, you have to um, have nutritionally balanced meals, two thousand calories, all the vitamins and minerals that. Um, everyone needs, but especially seniors who are at risk of hunger and may have other health issues, um, things like that. So uh, I mentioned Union Kitchen. They provided rent support um, to be able to bring down the overall cost of, uh, of food there. Um, D.C. Central Kitchen has provided graduates from their culinary job training program um, to participate in a transitional employment program. So they're working with us um, to sort of fill out the training that they've received at D.C. Central Kitchen. Um, and we'll start to help them uh, try to find jobs either within our kitchen team uh, or, or somewhere else as we move into the fall. Um, and so really bringing those groups together um, enabled us to be able to return the value to the taxpayer that DCOA needed to see um, while making sure that these 75 seniors had food every day. That's terrific. So you all are responsible for 75? Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah. this is a lunch meal or a dinner meal? It's everything. So a lot of the breakfasts are grocery items, milk and cereal, um, toast and fruit, that sort of thing. Um, and then uh, lunch and dinner are prepared items, sandwiches, salads, um, entrees with vegetable sides, things like that. That's terrific. And are you delivering once a day to the 75? We go every other day. Ah, okay. Um, so you're so. delivering enough for two days mm-hmm. for all three meals. Yeah. And then over the weekend, we uh, we load them up with three days worth of meals. That's terrific. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really great. We got a really positive response from the seniors. Um, and uh, and everything has been has been going really well. And, and I, I mean, we wouldn't be able to do it without Union Kitchen support. Um, they do a lot uh, around job training and employment, um, and and that's really what's made it work. So, uh, how do how does the the menu work? Do, do seniors have uh, I mean, options? Can they, do they have yeah. options? Yeah. You know, like because yeah. like not everybody likes would, cheese mm-hmm. right. or for, tomatoes, for instance, like me, Michelle. or yeah. milk, <laughs> milk right. in general. That's right. That's a, that's a very common. Uh, dietary requests. Um, there's no allergies or anything like that um, with, with the folks that we're serving, but definitely those types like no red meat. Um, everything is low in salt. Um, everything is low in sugar. Um, it's really just simple, fresh food 
so we cover a lot of bases there. It makes things very easy for us. A lot of the requests that we got early on was just like, no problem, because no one's getting salt. <laughs> no one's getting more <laughs> than the um, daily um, uh, requirement of sugar. Um, and so, you know, those things that normally would be tricky were sort of easy for us because we're just making simple, fresh meals. Um, so, you know, some folks get chicken instead of ground beef or, you know, ground beef instead of fish because they don't like seafood or things like that. Um, but it's been really easy um, in, in that sense, mostly because we're just using basic things that, you know, no one's allergic to. Right. <laughs> you know? So how did these seniors sign up for this program? Mm-hmm. There's two uh, lead agent. So the D.C. Office on Aging oversees lead agencies in each ward. Um, and uh, Family Matters and the East River Family Strengthening Collaborative are those lead agencies in Ward 7 and 8, um, and they've been instrumental in, in doing that matchmaking, uh, finding seniors who um, either weren't being served currently or weren't being served uh, adequately yeah it sort like, of yeah. as well you know depending on where the where food is being produced and and the different delivery routes sometimes different programs will work better for uh, uh you know certain people so seniors should not try to contact good foods to <laughs> sign up for a contact the dc office on yes. aging they offer the service in all eight wards um and uh and it is it is a free service to the senior that is incredible. So, so you are not specifically doing anything in Ward 5. There's another... Uh, not yet. Another We're producing partner. all the food in Ward 5. Um, right. Seabury Resources for Aging is the lead agency in Ward 5. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. Um, we had them on a few weeks ago. They're wonderful. Yeah. They really are. And, and um, I'm able to join their uh, community advisory board um, that meets monthly and sort of learn about what they're doing. Um, they're always pushing to be able to offer more to the seniors in Ward 5 um, at a better value to taxpayers. Um, and they do a great job. Uh, you know, it's it's programs like, like this senior delivery that I I just think is like the best use of, of my taxpayer dollars. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I, because it's been proven time and time again that, you know, letting letting folks age in place in their homes is the most effective use of of support funds. Um, so I'm thrilled to say that our own, our own neighborhood good food markets has gotten in on this <laughs> and, uh, is once again, once again, contributing back to the community to, 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 to take make care it better of and to take care of folks. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully we'll be able to, um, start to serve seniors in Ward five as well. Um, starting in October. Good. Wow. We'll keep yeah. our fingers crossed for that. Cause I'm I know sorry. that there's need out there and, uh, and as as someone who regularly eats your prepared <laughs> foods, uh, I can tell you it is delicious, and yep. everyone should enjoy it. Yeah, then we've got uh, the summer salads and butternut squash and sesame peanut noodles and seven layer dips and all those other good food to go favorites oh, in the prepared case. Love that seven layer, <laughs> <laughs> especially with an ice cold Oktoberfest type beer. Oh That's yeah, those are stuff. coming too. Coming up, pumpkin yep. beers yep. in the house. Uh, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> with the Oktoberfest, yes. generic Oktoberfest. Uh-huh. Pumpkin beer. For now, it seems to. It like, sounds early, but. That when yeah. when you smell that first fire, you're gonna want a pumpkin beer. I don't people, think I was gonna people, want a pumpkin beer. No, I don't mind it, but, but you know, people they're very divided on pumpkin flavored beers. On pumpkin flavored everything, people true. are very yes. divided. It's either you're either in you're or you're either yay out. or nay. Yeah, so anyway. I'm a nay, but <laughs> <laughs> I just like beer. Yeah. <laughs> it's got an. Alcohol. Maybe if they do a pumpkin flavored whiskey, 
you know, well, maybe. I bet that could happen. I bet that could happen. All right. Anyway, we, we, digress, Sorry, we digress away from yes. the important things yes. uh, like senior home delivery. So. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so the DC department on DC office of aging is the contact mm-hmm. dcoa.dc.gov. Does that sound right? Sure does. All right. Excellent. Or if uh, you're in ward five, Seabury, uh, resources for aging. All right. Um, and good food markets is at good food markets, plural.com.com, uh, 2006 Rhode Island Avenue. Uh, Hey, um, you guys are going to be at fall fest as well. Oh yeah, we sure are. September 30th, right? Yeah. You That's guys right. You got some stuff planned. We are. We're going to do uh, pumpkin painting with, uh, recreative spaces, Very um, good. out front of the store. We're going to have some vendors out, um, sampling their wares, probably some pumpkin things. All right. All right. Uh, I, you know, I can look at a pumpkin. I just don't, yeah. Speaking of prepared case, uh, I had Lord of the Pies pumpkin oh, pie uh, this week. And I'm sorry to say that it is so good. Wow. Okay, so why good. are you sorry? Because my pie consumption has gone up 700% this year, yeah. oh. only because of because, Lord of the Pies. Oh, my God. Seriously. And that means that I've had seven uh, this year versus zero last wow. year. No, that pie is unreal. We yes. had uh, the key lime, which I always that's get. That's the best. That's, that, my, that that's my six favorite. of the seven have been That's key my favorite. Lime. But then I also got a banana cream <laughs> this past weekend. That wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Key lime's still mm-hmm. my favorite. I'm, I somehow missed the peach pie. Casey even told me. <laughs> The peach, peach pie. Yeah, Casey told peach me the peach was pie was in done. there just for a minute. It was and I, I, like I raced my butt over there, and, and it was it. gone. Uh, she yeah. was supposed to hold it for us. Well, you know, you cannot... someone probably ripped it from her hand. From her hand, she that's was holding that, that's it. true. Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. Lord of the Pies is yummy. Oh my goodness! Yes. And it is enough <laughs> to share, even though you won't want that's to. That's true. No, you won't a... want to, but it is enough to share. It's a single serving. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, right. uh, okay. Thank you so much for coming in, uh, Philip. We're thrilled to death about the yes. uh, senior home delivery program and everything else that Good Food Markets is offering, including Lord of the Pies <laughs> and Oktoberfest beer. Right. Um, we'll look forward to uh, doing some pumpkin painting at mm-hmm. Fall Fest on September 30th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, see everybody there. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode yes. of Rhode Island Avenue Radio, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks. Thanks.